we usually do it on one. Oh, well, okay. Well, <laughs> what did we do it on just then? Go. go. <laughs> <laughs> we did it on go. That's okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Ghoulies Unflushed. Um, we have a, another amazing guest this week uh, with uh, Jeff Farley, um, who again yes. has had an kind of a amazing epic career. Yes. Very much so. I thought you were going to say something then, but you were just like, yes. <laughs> I'm just agreeing with you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I, I originally um, made contact with Jeff because I think, did I make contact with him? I can't remember. But I do know, I do remember that um, uh, it was to do with the fact that he worked on the Wasp music video and uh, mm-hmm. the Ghoulies 2 poster. And for some reason, that was enough for us to start having a chat but um, oh yeah. god, what did Jeff? What's Jeff done? Come on, you're the, the ream off some of the amazing movies he's worked on. He has done a lot. I, I always say Arena because I love yeah. Arena. You just recently <laughs> rewatched Arena. We had a good, we had, yes, I did again. But, uh, yeah, it's one of my favourite films growing up. But, um, yeah, he did he did a lot in that as well, as you'll find out when you listen to the uh, the interview. Um, but yeah, he has worked on a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, for me, is the Ghoulie stuff and Arena. But yeah, he's done loads of Empire stuff, Full Moon stuff. He's still doing a lot of Full Moon stuff as well, isn't he? But yeah, I don't want to, don't want to spoil no, the interview. No, of course not. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, he's he been... He's done a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's big done, budget stuff as I mean, well. He, what, do we, what do we start <laughs> off at? I mean, he started off on stuff like um, a load of Boys Craven movies, you know, jumping in and out of Empire. Mm-hmm. He did, like, you know, as you said, uh, Arena and Robot Jocks. He's done bits on like Tales yep. from the Crypt, and um, he's. I think he's done a lot of uh, working with Beagle as well because he did Freddy's Dead. But he's done, you know, just he's there. And anything from like Stay Tuned to freaking Scanner Cop Two, which you, I think you made a, 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 mm-hmm. a, a connection with, because obviously Evan, did you say oh, yeah. that, or did you just say it to me? I can't remember. Um, you know, the only it. thing that that, that, <laughs> that I had in my notes, but I didn't mention, which I kind of wish I had done. Because I actually saw he, he yeah. posted a picture the other day of it, and that was the um, mm. the makeup he did for the US version of Red Dwarf. Oh yes, he did yeah, Crichton, he did and Crichton, it was spot on. We talked we about did, mentioning and, and then, it as well. Oh, I haven't seen I haven't seen the yeah. picture. I haven't seen it. I just saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he, um, yeah, I think he posted a picture from it the other day, and it reminded me. And I just thought, oh god, I didn't mention that one, and I kind of wanted to. But when you know, when you've only got so much time, unfortunately, things have to. Uh, be skipped mm-hmm. but um we have yes the yeah. amazing jeff well such a mm-hmm. huge i'm mm-hmm. gonna say such a huge uh list of film, yeah. films he's worked on so yeah you, you can't and very can't articulate too <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> um well i don't think we've got much in the way of news this week have we <laughs> well I've, I've had a nice little delivery from yeah. eBay today. Tell us about it. Well, but, uh, I don't actually know what they're called, but um, it's like a little... Well, I've got two of them. They're little uh, sort of cardboard promo sleeves or flyers for Ghoulies uh, and also Ghoulies 2. So uh, it's like a card with a fold-out and it's... Got the wonderful uh, picture of the ghoulie co- of fish coming out of the toilet, which you've everyone's seen in the poster. And then there's a little fold-out bit uh, with ghoulies uh, and just the credits and a, a lovely Empire Entertainment logo on there. Um, 
and then on the back uh you've got a couple of screenshots from the film and there is a very long synopsis of it's the funny film, which yeah is very strange i yeah, i had that one early. i had the first ghoulies you had and it. uh yeah. I, I got I, I managed to find it it came with um the uh like eight patents Okay, so I think that, okay. that's what yeah. these are kind of like sort of size as well. Yeah, they're wrapped. It's they're wrapped. Sort of size. It's kind of like a so essentially it's a press book, but they they had eight pretend sitting in it. Yeah, yeah, it's like a press. Um, but I never yeah. found a Ghoulies two one, mm-hmm. but you've luckily found a Ghoulies two one. You know what interests me is because because the the synopsis for Ghoulies is very um, tongue in cheek, very kind of very, yeah, but long. it's 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 like yeah, hey it's yuppie culture, and it's just very it's it's it's, it's a very you know humorous yeah. uh, synopsis. I'm kind of curious as to what they did for Ghoulies yeah. two. Is it short or is it long, wow. the Ghoulies 2 one? <laughs> Extremely short. Uh, so I'm guessing the Ghoulies 2 one they did. Last minute. Well, there's some clues on there. As when they did it, it was obviously before the film oh, even okay. went into production. Well, go, well is it, if it's short, can you read the Ghoulies so, 2 one? Yeah, it's very short. I mean, I'd love to read the Ghoulies yeah. one, but it's very, very long. But I'll, I'll, I will post a picture of it on the uh, Ghoulies Unflushed okay. Facebook group. Um, so, yeah, that was very cool. Moving on to the Ghoulies 2 one. Now, this one's really cool because it has a lovely image of um, two fish ghoulies, a male and a female. It's not a female fish ghoulie. It is a fish It's just it's a fish ghoulie with like some bling on. Clearly tells a female. Yeah, yeah that doesn't make it a girl. Men don't wear bracelets. <laughs> and, and, a hang- and a scarf. Yeah, again, not girly. It it's it just clothing, dude. <laughs> so it's two fish ghoulies coming out of the toilet. Yeah, but... One has got like what looks to be a football shirt on, male. <laughs> the other one has got some sort of white top, sleeveless, with a red patterned scarf around her neck <laughs> and a little jewellery bla- bracelet. <laughs> Even her nails look quite long on the female, on you're, the you're second really just, fish goody. You're know, looking for something. You're projecting uh, female stuff onto it, but it's not female. <laughs> Definitely looks female to me, but yeah, there's obviously this image was never ever used in the film. But interestingly, you've got um, Bat Ghoulie coming out of the top left. Um, now, top right looks to be Cat Ghoulie, but he looks very, very different to what he does in any of the films. Mm. He, he looks almost a bit critters like, a bit, a bit like a He's very fluffy. Yeah, very mm. fluffy, very fluffy and big eyes. So he looks very different. And then. Bottom left is a rat ghoulie with some kind of um, uh, belt around his neck, some sort of like almost like a collar, <laughs> almost like it was a dog on a dog lead. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very strange. Obviously, this picture was done quite early on, or well, probably before the film even went into production. Mm. And you open up the, open up the uh, thing and it's got a, a nice tagline, just when you thought it was safe to go back in, into the bathroom. Uh, and then you've got the Ghoulies 2 logo. So they've used the Ghoulies font with just the two or the Roman numerals. Um, but very interestingly, they've got the, uh, uh, like the, not the cast, but the, uh, the production credits. And you can tell this, well, apart from, as well as having the picture, you can tell this is early because it's directed by John Beekler, mm. who of course did not direct Ghoulies 2. He turned it down. Yeah. So uh, at one point, yeah, he was planning. He was obviously, he was going to direct it at one point. So, yeah, very interesting. And then on the back, there is a synopsis. Go on. Uh, But this is very brief. I'm sorry. (laughs) So 
After the smash success of their first feature film, the Ghoulies are back, taking over an old travelling carnival and giving a park full of teens a night on the midway that they will never forget. Well, I was hoping for more, but That's it. I get it is, it is right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that yeah, obviously a very early piece from Ghoulies Two, which is uh, I found it really interesting. Well, it was always going to be a, um, a, a, a traveling carnival, right? And um, that was yeah. the that was the mm-hmm. idea. The band was like going to be a traveling carnival. Now this is the this is yep. the um, this is the poster image or promotional image that also lists Clark Carlton as a writer. Yeah, uh, he's not mentioned on is here. Is he not? No. Oh, that's interesting. So we've got M. Empire Pictures presents a Charles Band production, Ghoulies 2, written by Ed Naha. Oh, okay. Well, Ed Naha did the, that with the draft we have, which is very, very yeah. interesting and big. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Direct- and this is interesting then. Who did it? Who was there first then? I, do, I reckon Clark was first, then Ed, then uh, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Director of photography, Romano Abani. Uh, is that still him? I don't know. I can't remember. No. <laughs> Uh, and obviously, you've got special effects, mechanical makeup imageries, John Beekler, production designer, Giovanni Natalucci. It, it rings a bell, but I think all these Italian names sound very similar, so I could be yeah. wrong. Pro- produced by uh, Roberto Bessi. That, yeah, I think that's the same. Yeah, and then obviously directed by John Beekler, which is definitely not yeah. the same. So, yeah, very interesting. Mm. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I just love the picture. I love the image of the female ghoulie, fish ghoulie, <laughs> with the male ghoulie, and what could have been. Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I do like that one. Yeah, I would love to yeah. get a, a, a large version of that. You know. Yeah. And really mm-hmm. see the detail on on what puppets were used, and because inevitably he would have used some from the first movie, but. Uh. Yeah, because it's interesting. Because we talked we talked to um, Jeff about this. Didn't, well, about the. Uh, not this one, but the doing the photo shoot for the Ghoulies 2 poster. Yeah. So this is obviously a different mm. one. But uh, this kind of looks like a painting rather than a photo. Um, I think it's just the way it was shot. So maybe this never... Right, maybe it's I've got some... I would say Photoshop, but obviously... Didn't I mean, it might have been augmented or... And I think, I think like the first poster, yeah. they've obviously bought, got, you know, Bickler's gone into a shop and bought, got some of the old puppets and probably give them a lick of paint and yeah. maybe a re-hair or something like that, but... Because uh, they were probably all falling apart by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, very interesting. It's a slightly different toilet as well. <laughs> Is that what you think? Or, or they've just moved... Or... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's different about this? It's also interesting. Um, it's got. It's not quite well. It's got the handles in a different position. Mm. So the handles almost halfway flushed in the Goody's two uh, one compared to the Goody's uh, one. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's got a, a slight different shine to it, and uh, yeah. Cool. That's a book in itself, Very isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, the uh, like the the shape of the bolt of the bowl bit is a bit different as well. It's got a different sort of design, slight design to it. If you if you're really looking close, oh, which you are. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm wonderful. Okay, well that's so there you go. I'll, like, I'll hopefully, hopefully next week you'll get the, your, um, your records and you can tell us how great they are. I think I think uh, I did I see that so, Richard yeah. Band um, has received his um, stock of records. So if you if anyone yeah. is ordering anything straight from. Richard Band, um, he, they're, they're ready to sign, and I think they'll be on their way soon, which is cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Okay, shall we? Shall we get to yes. uh, Mr. Farley? 
Let's do it. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jeff Farley. Let's do this. How are you guys? <laughs> yeah, we're good. Thank you. Yeah, very good. You, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. You yeah. uh, you sound you sound busy. You know, I I am. I've um, this Saturday I have uh, a job to to deliver, and of course they want it a few hours earlier than I was hoping it would be wanted. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> and I'm sort of like. You know, I've got to, I've still got to run out, pick up a couple of things later today and stuff. It's no big rush, but I'm still like, I just kind of want this over because this, this job um, has lasted me for the past like 15 months and it's been a blessing, um, on one hand and the other hand, it's, it's just like, I'm, I'm kind of like now I, I feel like I'm experiencing time distortion and stuff because it's just gone on for so long and I've done the same things over and over again, you know, making these puppets for, like I said, for 15 straight months. And it's just like, I'm like, Oh, (laughs) so, um, I'm ready for a long break. It's going to be good in the end though. I mean, do you appreciate the work that you've done and what you've created before? Uh, You know, something they, they seem to be happy with it. And and that's, and that's, what's really important. As long as I'm not getting any reports that things are breaking or (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine, but but at the same time, it's, uh, um, I mean, they've sent some photos and they, and they look fine. There's just like these human, like, hand puppets like human head and shoulder hand puppets that mm. that uh um you know quite un, quite unlike ghoulies you know which, which would be much more fun to do so. did you did you send me a, a photo of one of those a while ago i know you've sent me a couple of bits that um, i did i you, did you were working on yeah I oh did. okay i remember i vaguely remember it did look really cool yeah they, they're photographing really nice so so beyond that i mean um you know, uh, uh, you know, that's, it's, uh, you know, I'll just say the show is called Abruptio and, and it's, I, I don't even know when it'll be finished. I mean, they've been working on us for years. I, I started on it years ago and I didn't even know they were going to contact me. And, and it, like I said, they got me at the right time and it's just, it's kept me going for, you know, just keeping the rent paid. So. Well, is it, is it hard to let your kind of creations go and have someone no, else not, operate them on set? Not when, not when I when I say contractually, when the, when I'm done with them, they're yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like you now. Sometimes I have had that problem in the past, but lately I've I've given given up to. Besides, I'm making cooler stuff these days for myself. So <laughs> oh, I've seen some of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So other than that. Um, so um so what's up so what's the um what do you guys want to well, chat about yeah well we're gonna well I mean, this is a problem the, the problem is jeff you've done so much stuff yeah we're never <laughs> going to be able to cover everything but we'll try and hit some of our sort of favorite points of your career you if that's okay we'll just do a tour but, of tour of the decades we'll like exactly take, take one, yeah. or, one or two from each decade and then we'll and that that'll, that should last us long enough <laughs> yeah we'll jump around a bit but i'm, I'm yeah. curious what what was your first foreign to film then was it kingdom of the spiders you know it was and that just came about like strictly because 
um, I, I was, I had become friends with, with Forrest J. Ackerman, um, mm. you know, from famous monsters and, yeah. and, uh, dear, dearly departed uncle Forey. And, and I, I met him. I mean, I was, I mean, the first time I met him was on my birthday. Um, like was, I turned, I think it just turned like 14 or something like that. And, and I'd been over his place once before and he wasn't there, but he found out I was there and invited me over and John Landis showed up and that was a great, that was a great birthday. Wow. It was a really cool, yeah. cool day. But it, but, but it was just, it's just so wild because I got a phone call one night from Forey and he says, he says, Ray Harryhausen's coming over. Um, it was New Year's Eve and, and he says, I'd like to invite you over. And wow. So, so I went over there and there was a, another guy there, of course, meeting Ray Harryhausen. I mean, what, what, what can you say? Um, <laughs> um, but, but there was another guy there, and and his name was Douglas Barrett Jones, and he's no relation to the Doug Jones who you know was the amazing suit performer and really really super super duper nice guy all mm-hmm. around. But but he um it turns out I mean I I was living in Glendale, which is a suburb of, of Los Angeles, and and it was just over the hill from the, from Hollywood Hills, but. It turns out that Doug also lived in Glendale, and he had been working at Don Post Studios and and Berman Studios on shows like Empire of the Ants and Food of the Gods and and stuff like that. And and so we struck up a friendship, and he knew what I wanted to do. And he just calls one day, and he got a couple of my school friends and I to come down, and we started dremeling all these background spiders. Um, I mean, hundreds of them, it seemed like. Um, he was making these prosthetics, these bite prosthetics, and then V Neil would come over and pick up stuff. And, and so that was about it. I mean, it was just like, it was an unpaid thing. I mean, it's like, it gets, it's like, it's like every job that the industry gives you, no matter what, no matter, it seems like no matter what level you're at, they always want to get you for free at some point. So, <laughs> so it's best they get you at the beginning, but, um, but it was so, it was fun. Oh, yeah, it was a really cool thing. Yeah, I would. Uh, so, so how? I mean, obviously, you know, was it? I've got this is a two part question. Then one <laughs> was it usual for Furry to just invite people over to his house who were fans? And two, what were you doing then um, in terms of kind of your own, you know, creations in order to someone to turn around and hire you and say, okay, you want to come and work on this movie? Well. Um, Forey had an open house policy and I don't remember if it was every Saturday of the month or if it was just a few Saturdays or whatever. I, that, that's, that's hazy now, but I remember that for about three years, like almost every Saturday I would hop the bus from my house, find the connecting bus through the bottom of the base of Glendale, go into Hollywood and just walk up the hill to his place and, and just go hang out there. But, but he wouldn't, I mean, he had so many tourists come through there because he openly published his address in the pages of famous monsters. Mm. And he openly invited people to come over and visit the museum. And, and, and I remember, yeah, for years, you know, being there and he would, there would always be people there. And eventually he would have me, 
guide people through. I've been there, there so many times. He had me guide people through and show them stuff and explain it. And, and uh, you know, uh, so yeah, it, w- it was sort of common from what I understand. Yeah, he did invite people over um, to meet uh, you know, writers and filmmakers and, uh, and actors and other celebrities. Um, uh, because that was another thing in famous monsters where, where they would have, uh, I mean, I, I know Craig Reardon, um, you know, who was the great effects guy from poltergeist and, hmm. and so many other films, he published photos of himself and, uh, and countless other fans like meeting Ray Ray at Forey's in his original place. So yeah, it was, it was really an open house policy over there. And eventually he had to start, you know, people had to start really guarding him, I guess, because it became so easy for, for people to just walk in and and walk out with stuff. Um, so over the years, and that, that was sort of the later years in his life when I wasn't hanging around there, but, but it was, I mean, it was a great time. I mean, I mean, it was so amazing because, uh, I, I guess, you know, there was, uh, we, we went to the place one day, my, my mom and my sister and I, and, and they just let us in. It was like, Fari wasn't there. And the guy said, Hey, come on in. And, and just kind of snowballed from there. So yeah, it was, it was a, a pretty amazing experience. And, you know, through that experience of knowing Fari, I got to know Jim Danforth and, and David Allen and Dennis Murin and, uh, you know, these other guys. And they, they were all in my local phone book. I, I, was able to just you know start calling these guys weekly and and that is how i started to get some of the experience and then as far as it comes to like the second question it was really just more enthusiasm than than practical experience i don't i mean i i think i had a few photos and i had a I had like a drawing that i had done to show ray and which he was very kind um about i'm sure it was horrible but but it was you know but he was really really kind about it and and uh uh you know and i I think that was pretty much it i mean i think the guy was just more desperate for free help than than anything (laughs) actually be honest with you we were promised it was somebody above doug who actually had hired doug had farmed the workout to doug had promised that we would each get a mask like um that he was making he'd been making these masks and, and so each of us were supposed to get a mask and sort of repayment for the time that we put in doing these but that never happened and and all these years later it doesn't really matter in the end it's like, you know it was a cool experience and and i i can't um you know i i i had a lot of i had a lot of fun just like I said, learning how to use a Dremel and, and not and not sand your own fingers. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good uh, that's a good skill. So, sure. well, okay, well let, let's let's get the Ghoulies connections over with first, yeah. and then we'll dive into sure. other stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. but how did you end up working at Empire? And you know, how did I, that lead to some Ghoulie involvement? Well, I had met. Well, actually, no, before that, I mean, I remember the first – my first Charlie Band experience was seeing Laser Blast in, in the theater. And yeah. so I kind of knew who Charlie was, and I'd probably – I'd seen End of the World after that, I believe. And and 
you know, so I kind of knew who he was and I kind of liked what he was doing. I thought, God, I'd really like to work with that guy someday. Little did I know I'd maybe, I maybe almost regret those words, but I won't really say that because (laughs) it's a really cool thing being associated with it. But Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, it's like I started reading about John Beekler in, in Famous Monsters when they started putting, oh, Cinemagic also, when they started you know, publishing his stuff. And then eventually he became, um, you know, Charlie's go-to guy for the empire shows. And mm-hmm. I had, since, since I had this, you know, experience working on Kane, the spiders. And then over the years, I just, I do little things. I'd get every once in a while, I get hired somewhere. Like at CPC associates for a brief thing. Maybe it's like, you know, just mostly a runner or something like that, but just kind of helping out on sets and, doing whatever I could, whatever it seemed like, you know, was, was safe for me to do at the time. And, and I, um, I was like, it's like, I had started seeing John's stuff in, you know, reading his interviews and, and I found out where his shop was because a friend of mine, a guy I went to school, high school with, um, ended up working over at John's on reanimator, um, for a few weeks um, came in and at the end when they were doing all the new stuff and told me about it. And by that time I had started getting jobs at like makeup effects labs and, um, and, uh, you know, I've been going, I'd go in an interview with John and, and other places. And, um, it was just, it just took a while. He did call me. Um, I think, I had he called me to work on Cellar Dweller and when they were going into production on that and then a day later called me he told me he had to cut me because they'd slashed the budget and he just couldn't hire the extra people. So huh. um so that was a little bit disappointing, but eventually I got hired over at Lance Anderson's on Serpent and the Rainbow. <coughs> I were doing Moonwalker at the same time and at that point, I managed to snag a spot over at John's as soon as I finished up over at um, Lance's. So that first show ended up – well, the first shows I ended up doing over at Empire were, um, well, the Garbage Pail Kids, which wasn't really Empire. That was Atlantic um, because that show was going on and everybody on, in, in the shop was working on it. But uh, the first um, Empire show was Prison. Mm-hmm. And that involved uh, just everything, making molds, helping with dummies. But John let me sculpt some of the pieces that um, uh, the Kane Hodder wore at the end of the film. Um, Jeff Kenimore and I sculpted the appliances based on um, John's um, design that he had done on a, a bust of uh, Kane Hodder. So we... So we did those pieces and I molded them all up and, and, uh, um, so that was sort of a good first experience. But at that time, everybody was moving over to garbage pail kids cause that was going on set <laughs> and who wasn't on garbage pail kids was in Wyoming on prison. And that left me alone in the shop pretty much. And I ended up taking on deadly weapon, which, okay. yeah, which, uh, Michael minor, you know, directed for Charlie and, mm. and was sort of the original, what well, was the final incarnation of originally was laser blast two. Um, and 
was great. I had a great time. John would go up to set with me at times and, and I'd go there alone a lot and, and just hang out and, and do whatever they needed. And, and it was a really cool experience. I had, I had a really pretty amazing time there. It was like, I was at the shop for three weeks and I was already supervising the show. So, wow. yeah. So, and then it just went from there. I mean, that was, I went to, for eight months. Um, and then all the way through uh, Arena. I see, uh, according to IMDb for Arena, um, you're, you're credited for special effects, uh, makeup, acting, and also a stunt double. <laughs> How did you manage that? Was, that? Was a, that was awesome. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Harris, I was like 25 years old, and I'd never been out of the United States in my life. Mm-hmm. And... I I had the singular goal of going to work for Beekler and Empire to go to Italy because they were shooting all the films over there, and I just wanted to experience what it was like. Um, but when when Arena comes up, we had just finished Ghost Town. Uh, I think we're starting gearing up on Arena while Ghost Town was was gearing down, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but John had also just snagged friday the 13th part seven that was part seven that he that he did and and so i mean we're we're, i mean he's got we've got two shops open um building all this stuff for arena and it was an amazing experience and john had me in charge of the mold department you know largely uncreative job but because because you know we were all doing what we had to do it was you know we made the best of it and it was a lot of fun and and we just, i just i i can't tell all the stories that <laughs> we saw, but boy we, it was a really wild experience we had a great time and a great crew and everybody got along really well and screaming mad george and his crew <laughs> were working in the corner um and so we were all just like you know really had a great time so uh time goes by to where um crew has to start sh- being shipped over to italy you know they have to start shipping over all the all the items and then crew and mm-hmm. to get going and and uh mike deke's already going over at first and and uh but they they, they picked the crew pretty much they have the entire crew picked and they had one person they picked that nobody i don't know it was really i don't know why but but nobody on the crew everybody else kind of thought well i don't know if we want this person to go and and i um and i think they had somebody another candidate and that sort of fell through and i guess my name i guess mike deep threw my name in and everybody went yeah that's you know let's, let's go let's take farley and and uh <laughs> uh i uh, john pulled me in his his office and he gives me this this speech and he says i'm going to give you two choices it's like either you can stay here in los angeles and you can design and sculpt jason for this friday the 13th or you can go to italy for arena (laughs) it's like (laughs) i mean i'd already made up my mind it really didn't take me any time to i mean i would have loved to have done the jason yeah. Um, it would have been pretty iconic and fun to work on and it would have been nice to do something of that level. But, but I, I went to work, you know, there to work, uh, you know, just to go to Italy, you know, mm-hmm. for one of the reasons, you know, one of, main, one of my main reasons. So it ended up being three months over there. 
And um, it was a great experience. Um, we all, every one of the crew, um, of our crew, uh, I mean, with the exception of George, ended up, we're all throughout the film playing different aliens and characters and, uh, you know, uh, just just various whatever, you know, whatever, you know, was needed that we figured, let's, let's stick our, you know, fat ass in front of the camera. <laughs> um uh, as a matter of fact, I ended up playing the butt end of the sloth creature um, for, for George for those long shots. So I ended up playing the ass end of the creature. <laughs> but um, but how the uh, uh, so the, all those acting roles are just basically little bits and pieces that we said, yeah, let us let us let us do that sort of thing. Um, I you know this uh, casino doorman was was the one that i really worked on Arnold <laughs> is hunched over like rubbing his hands together you know to, and that was all based on one of the guys that worked at the hotel that we were staying at i swear <laughs> it was a real guy <laughs> and so i based my character on him and everybody loved it we had a great time doing that but the stunt work came out um i ended up doubling armin shimmerman who i was doing doing the makeup for I, I was doing the weasel makeup on mm -hmm. him for the show but he had secured a role on uh beauty and the beast at the time the ron perlman linda hamilton thing and he was sort of a reoccurring character but they had made his character more permanent suddenly and it required him to fly back to the states and he still had he had pretty much finished up everything, but it was this one scene which involved a fight and a stunt yeah. that um, that he was wouldn't be available for. They 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 agreed to release him and, and send him back to the states, but that meant suddenly we have to find a stunt double to play him or play the part actually. And um, it came down to where they had me help. They wanted me to help cast um, the part. And so I, I saw I don't know, maybe a dozen or so Italian stuntmen of different varieties and styles. And I think I might have met one or two of the Delacqua brothers, um, which was thinking about that as really cool, considering, you know, movies like Zombie and stuff like that, that they were in mm. all the all the spaghetti westerns and and stuff. And and but just nobody was really fit. You know, they would fit the prosthetics, wouldn't fit them right and stuff like that because it had to be with the prosthetics. But an Armin was still there for that one final day that they needed him when he and I are standing together on set. Mike Deke is on the other side of us and and uh, and uh, our production manager, Walter Massey, uh, sees the two of us together. And he goes, ah, oh, Jeff. Uh, you play weasel because it turns out like Armin and I are like the same height and we're practically the same build. And, and my features are pretty innocuous enough that they would work with the appliances and stuff like that. But so Mike Deke immediately looks at Walter and rubs his fingers together. And he goes, all right, Walter, how much pretty much. And so I, I ended up getting paid for, you know, paid a pretty decent day rate for the, for the stunt bump. And, Nice. And uh, and I ended up doing this thing, and it was a lot of fun. And I overly I overdid it 
to the point where I almost killed, I think I almost killed Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy was like, stop strangling me. (laughs) 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 No, do it like this. I mean, I was just like so inexperienced. And, (laughs) and I remember doing this, this, uh, you know, this flip over the, uh, over the railing and, and they had all these cardboard boxes set up below it and tied together. And I ended like the first take, I hit the corner of the box and went right off. Instead of hitting the boxes, I like, they pushed in, it was a little too far in or something, but I hit the corner of it, like my, my ass end. And then I just came down to the floor on my feet and it was everything. I was okay. And, and I said, you know, let's do it again. Let's, you know, let's, you know, so it was, it was a lot of fun doing that. All those explosions going off. That was me. They, they got like every firework they could find in the area and just started lighting them off <laughs> around <laughs> me pretty much. So, I mean, those, those things are really dangerous. And I, everywhere I was looking, was just looking for a place to get out of there, <laughs> but it was great because, I mean, I love Italian filmmaking and having the experience of being over there and working with the crews and working with some people who I'd seen in other films um, or heard in other films, like voiceover actors that we were working with on it. Turn, I mean, it was great. Um, I mean, some of our crew had worked with Falchi and, and oh, um, Paola Kautz, uh, Paola Kotzi from um, Demons. She's the girl who the demon pops out of her back. Yeah. Oh, cool. she, she is in arena in the casino scene playing a waitress, but, none of her scenes survived the final cut. Uh, She was just a background um, character. And we were there on set. I'm like, God, that's her from demons. And we're all just like, you know, sort of in awe of seeing her there. We never, (laughs) never like, we were just too, like, just all too like, Whoa, I can't believe it. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, um, That was, yeah, three months three months of uh, my life or five months, actually, if you include the, uh, the set, um, the shop work. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. But that was it for empire. Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. But that was it for empire, but the memories linger, which is what we all discuss these days. Yeah. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. But um, obviously you were involved in not only the Ghoulies two poster, but also the wasp music video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so how did okay, well, what what how, how explain how were you involved and what 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 those kind of experiences were like? Um, that was again. I mean, the poster shoot was one of those early things for John, where we'd been there just I'd been there a short amount of time, and and one day he just has this assignment for myself and and another guy who was um, his name Francois Dagenet, who who's up in Canada. He does the the Saw films and and stuff like that mm-hmm. these days but he and i were sent down to this warehouse somewhere in la um a bit essentially with these with these ghoulie props to set up for the poster um and box art for um for the ghoulies 2 release and well one thing we knew for sure was uh we were going to duplicate the duct tape that you see on the ghoulie on the first poster because if you look at his because his left arm or right arm i don't know which arm it is but it's 
But if you look really carefully, and there you see a little piece of duct tape holding his elbow down. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, so sure enough, we duplicated that, and it was in there. And, but <laughs> but overall, it was pretty much we just go down and and set these things up and wait for the photographer to do all of his shots and then make his suggestions about how we can, you know, maybe we should reset it up like this or stuff like that. But eventually, you know, they got the shots, but that day also in, involved setting up the, uh, the, these stunt ghouly copies that we had um, uh, for the, the wasp live in the raw um, album release. Mm-hmm. And that just, there's a photo of Blackie with, a few of the ghoulies um, in that. So that was the first time we met those guys and they're all really cool. But what was so odd about them, they, they walk in and they're all wearing like these like track suits, like really expensive track suits. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think even one or two are carrying briefcases or something. <laughs> they went off and they like, they come, they, they leave for a little while and they come back and they're like in their leathers and all the, you know, the buzz saw crotch buzz saw thing and garcopies or whatever. And suddenly yeah, they're in character. It's so hilarious. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. I mean, it was a, it's a really fun experience, but, but a few weeks later, um, I guess the call came in, they're going to shoot, um, a music video based on this scream until you like it tune that wasp did for ghoulies too, you know, for their end credits. And, mm. and, um, so we pulled out all the puppets and whatever we had and, um, refurbished everything. So just a couple of days, maybe of refurbishing all the, the puppets just to, to get them ready, you know, for camera. Mm-hmm. And um, went over to a, a warehouse in San Fernando Valley, and and I think we spent. I mean, at least it was a twenty-hour shoot, I believe, from yeah. from start to finish, mm-hmm. um, just straight through. And we were all young, so we could take it, but <laughs> we had a great time. I mean, um, and it was just so much fun coming up with all these gags. Um, just on the spot, like I think the ghoulie that gets shot out of the air, out of the air mortar into the speaker or something was just built right there <laughs> on the spot. I mean, I think Andrew Kenworthy just like took all these parts and, con- you know, conglomerated them into some like mutated ghoulie <laughs> for this <laughs> shot. And, and, uh, and I was, uh, I was, uh, given the the sole honor of, of operating the fish ghoulie for it since everyone knew that was what I coveted the most of, of everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was fish ghoulie for a day and and I'll I'll, I'll always uh, I'll always remember that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah that was me. I had I had to have my, my arm up behind or between a, or what friggin' Blackie Laws's crotch or something like that. <laughs> While he's stroking the head of the, the ghoulie. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I'll, I'll admit that was me, but what the heck? I mean, as John Beagler <laughs> once classically put it, it's like the hours are long, but the pay is low. <laughs> so, um, is that, is, was it fish that Blackie went home with? 
God, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, well, so with so much, so much of that is, is, uh, you know, I know some of that's unknown to me. So if he had whatever he has, you know, um, I know he went home with one. I always, I always kind of figured, yeah. you know, if he did go home with one though, I'd imagine Charlie would have taken that off his fee. <laughs> Maybe I'm sure he would have, you know, I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure it would have been like, kind of like, well, if you take one of these really shitty copies, it'll, it'll be a better deal than if you get one of the better ones. You know, I actually brought one of those back. I brought, I had a, I had two flying ghoulies. I had one from the original film and one, one from from Ghoulies 2 that I had found stashed away over in Italy and I put it in my luggage and brought it back with me and I think eventually gave it to a I gave it gave him to some friends or something or traded them for something and but I, I think now hmm. you know my long lost Ghoulies that maybe I, I should have never given away so <laughs> well you know they might have they might have been rotting somewhere you know so at least yeah. perhaps at least they're in sort of the hands of someone who loves them <laughs> well, one, one of them was was already sort of rotting that first that one from the first film was was started getting a crunchy already and i love i oh, love yeah. the fact that with its little toothpick teeth and claws and fingernails and stuff they're all like just these they're just toothpicks <laughs> it's yeah, great so, i love it there's so few from the first film that what that kind of um that, that survived i've got a yeah. cat actually from the first film but again he's he's seen oh, better yeah. better days but um, oh yeah sure did you um yeah, the, the, when you sh- when you shot the poster sorry jeff when you shot the poster <laughs> did you do any alternate shots or was it just literally speedy and it was really just what you saw because a i'm sure they didn't want to pay for much time for us to be down there doing it because with the two <laughs> things we had to do you know having having those guys come in you know it, it's sort of like if we had to if we were wasting time taking up alternate shots then that would have eaten into their time too and i'm sure they're far more important than we were so um but we pretty much that is what you saw because it was such a static image that and they were pretty much recreating what was on the first poster so maybe the first mm-hmm. poster they might have done some alternates of which i don't know but i know that there was alternate artwork um for the first movie but (laughs) but in terms of the image they were just strictly going to you know going for the duplication of that original poster image which is hence the reason why we stuck the duct tape in there (laughs) 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 i I will never ever stop telling that story (laughs) i would never have noticed had you not told me it makes everybody go look for it now. It's like, yeah. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. So when he, it was the, uh, so if he's facing you, I believe it's the left elbow. <laughs> if you look at the poster in the first movie too, he has duct tape on the same elbow, just visible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being rubber puppets, you got to stick them down somehow. I mean, it was, you know, and I don't even think we had any hot glue with us at the time. So <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, it was it was an actual toilet, and I bet you anything. Afterwards, they took it back and got their money back. (laughs) (laughs) So, so um, yeah, but uh, you know, I every time I look at that image or somebody posts it, I just I always have to mention, look for look at that. There's the duct tape. (laughs) Um, Hey, what did you do on Pulse Pounders, Jeff? 
on Pulse Pounders, I was involved in the um, these reshoots. Um, hmm. I think John had been working on. I went in to interview, and I do remember seeing him sculpt the piece for David Warner, that piece that was on the side of his head. So that was oh, yeah. for probably the earlier version of it, because I know that they had already previously built the rat stuff with David Gale, and and they had already shot items. But by the time I got over there, and we were ended up doing a slate of like insert shots for various films. Um. One of those was Pulse Pounders, um, and they were going to send – they ended up sending John Criswell and Greg Johnson back over to Italy to uh, to supervise this stuff, which included building an entire new rat body for David to wear along with a new prosthetic, which John blocked out and I finished up and molded um, for him. And um, – uh, I think maybe there was a number of other little gags here and there, but it, it's that time is so weird because I could have sworn that they never had really shot the, or at least from what I recall at the time, they, they hadn't shot anything with, with the, uh, um, dungeon master two stuff. And then I found out later that it's like, Oh, they did shoot this stuff and there's stop motion finished for it. And there's, because I remember Richard Mall coming in for his for his uh, life cast to do the uh, the um, the pieces uh, to cover his eyebrows, and uh. but then I don't remember much after that. I remember it kind of all falling apart. And we were already moving on to other things anyway, so we didn't really concern ourselves much with what wasn't going on as opposed to moving on to what was the next thing coming in which it always seems like there was always something um it's the the dungeon master sequence is the is the portion that hasn't seen the light of day isn't it you're right yeah that's um yeah, yeah. they've yeah, released they, the trances uh, bit and they've released the evil clergyman but dungeon master yeah. is still uh maybe that's why this <laughs> i think i think I know the. I know there's those the the stop motion cuts are supposed to be somewhere or they're. I don't remember where I read that. I think I read Chris Endicott saying something about it or, um, but I'd, I'd have to go back and, and look and see if I'm if I'm correct about that. But but so far I I don't know what yeah what state it is. I mean maybe they didn't finish shooting it. Maybe they got most of it and they just gave up part of the way through it and just don't have enough footage to cut together other than just snippets they which they'd put somewhere else you know as a extras oh, but yeah yeah but it's uh yeah it's one of those films that sort of you know uh, it, it became you know mysterious because just of the legend behind it um mm. Yeah, there's it's it's one of those films. I I'm glad that that at least the other two films have been able to get released in some version. I was only involved in the evil clergyman part, um, so it was nice to see that. And I don't remember even Charlie giving me a copy himself, um, saying, "Hey, I remember you were involved in this," and you know, um, so it was very nice of him. Uh, oh, yeah. he did that. He didn't. He didn't ask me to pay him for it. So, <laughs> so I got very, very nice of him. 
Um, <laughs> Tag that off your tab. <laughs> well, not, not yeah, exactly. Well, not 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 unlike the, the the film that I did years and from uh, for another producer who gives me a, a like a VHS master, like one of the early like like right off the master um, VHS copies of it, hands it over to me. I'm like, oh, great, thanks. And he goes, yeah, give me uh, that'll be eleven bucks. It's <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> so made me pay for a copy of a film that I. <laughs> Probably could barely got Phil paid on the first place, but but, but there you go. That's the business for you. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, but we uh, we we got through that, and then we I think we had like all these other um, inserts that we were doing for for shows like Spellcaster and and Cellar Dweller and um, Robot. Oh, you did do stuff. you because you said you said you got you hired for Cellar Dweller, and then and then um. Uh, <laughs> Didn't happen in it, but you are credited on Cellar Dweller. So you, did you end up doing some insert stuff on that then? Yeah, I was involved in that crew that built the little um, the little changeo head that you kind of see with the balloons going off on it, and and uh, I most I was Oprah. mostly involved. Yeah, yeah, it was like the, so I was there, say, there was is that of Onda Carlo? I think so. Yeah, where there's there's like a changeo effect, and yeah. it was a miniature. It was a miniature. Like Jeff Kenamore sculpted a miniature version of it, and that's what we shot. Except for there were shots of Mike Deke in the suit that we shot for the um, for the movie or for these inserts. Um, but one one of my main involvements was uh, there's a there, it, it burns up, so I had I spent three days meticulously like gluing hair to this little one and and watch of Joe Viscoso, um uh, burn it up in like seconds. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. it, was, it was really cool because I mean, all the work he did on Star Wars, I was like honored. <laughs> so, I was going to ask another film that hasn't uh, seen the light of day yet is The Primevals. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get to, I see you're listed as pre production on that because I know it's they're looking at bringing it out, but did you work at all? originally on it or is it just well what goes what goes back with primevals is when i first met dave allen back in around 70 78 i started going over to dave's shop and he had just started working on primevals for charlie and they had already built the arena set um and i got to see a lot of things going on over there they were also working on daytime ended and um other things at that time so uh i when i saw the i saw the uh, the mind control um gun also the thing that the uh the 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 device that the 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 lizard man sits in the 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 seat with the gun and they had all of that set up and i got to see all of that i even took a few really terrible photos (laughs) of it (laughs) but um but years and years later after you know i'd known dave um, I almost got hired on Puppet Master 2, and mm. that ended up going to Dave Barton. But I just remember thinking, God, I'd really love to work on Primeval someday mm-hmm. because just one of those films that has so much history behind it. And around 94, I was doing some stuff for, uh, for Sony Imageworks for their Godzilla promo. And... They, uh, so I, uh, my roommate at the time, uh, went down to Full Moon to talk to them about going over to Romania to run uh, the set for Primevals for them. 
And he comes back and tells me that, or because he had been work, actually he had been working with Steve Neal on building the um, uh, the hominid suits. So I knew that the show had been going on that they were already in pre production on it. So I wasn't really working in either Mark Rappaport's or Steve Neal's lab. I was sort of doing my own thing at the time when my roommate Dave Matherly was offered the job to go to Romania. And at the same time, he had also been working with Todd Masters, and that's when Todd Masters was gearing up on um, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. And that ended up – well, Todd's shop is you know, just a few miles from where we live, but they ended up shooting Demon Knight in um, – uh, an, air, an airplane hangar just like blocks away from where we lived. So, so he decided to stay and work on Demon Knight, and just by virtue of being there, he recommended me. I went down and talked to them, negotiated a price, and next thing you know, I'm flying to Romania um, for a nine-week stint um, to wow. uh, basically, yeah, try to figure out what I'm doing. I wasn't, I had no really, cl- no real clue as to what what I was going to have to deal with as far as suits uh, or anything <laughs> that was there. It was <laughs> like I had to sort of go in. I had a script. I had to read the script on the plane flying over and just sort of get myself acclimated and and uh, and hit the ground running. And uh, I ended up doing a lot of work refurbishing the suits, just, just adding little things like like uh, just making it so it'd be a little more comfortable to put them on different uh, performers uh, as well as myself, because I knew I'd end up wearing them. Um, And uh, as well as coming up with just other little various things that Dave would come up with or, or say like uh, something in the script that wouldn't really be there, like uh, certain a gag like a, a lizard-like hominid hand, like a hominid who's being transformed. Um, we can't really say too much more than that, but mm-hmm. but but that was something that was in the script, and there was nothing there. All there was just a rubber hominid hand, and so I ended up almost overnight coming up with something to shoot the next day. And um, so yeah, it was just an exercise in trying to stay up with the production and. I remember uh, I was pretty angry at the time a lot. I'd say, I think I think some people didn't like me too much at that point. They got to know me over the years when I go back and said, you know, you were so angry at the beginning. What happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, it was a little overwhelming. <laughs> it was like, you know, I kind of got thrown into something that I was a little ill prepared, almost ill prepared for, but, but I made it through and, and, and I hope the stuff looks okay. I mean, I haven't seen it in anything that I've done in, in decades. So I, I just hope that everything looks okay in the end. And yeah. I know the stop motion is going to be amazing. And, and I just have so many great memories though, of being over there with Dave and, and just being in that adventure. It, it really was an adventure for us. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, you mentioned um, Serpent and the Rainbow earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you worked with Wes Craven a few times. Um, uh, you must have a good Craven story. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, here's where you're going to hate me. As I've never met the man. <laughs> he's, one of, no. he's one of those people I've done multiple films with, like really 
famous, well-known people I've done multiple films with that I've never met because it was like <laughs> my, my job would basically be in the lab. And I, he never once came by the lab because I think they were already, you know, out in Haiti or getting ready to, to shoot in Haiti when we were art, when we were working on the film. And then Dave Anderson flew out there um, for the shoot. And then we were still building stuff and shipping it out there. There's a number of things we made that never even got into the final cut of the film. Mm -hmm. um, but like what, 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 what did you make? <laughs> I mean, there was, there's like a, a nightmare scene involving the Jaguar and, and it was supposed to, or it was like, I think it's during the hallucination scene and, and you know, this Jaguar that, that, uh, um, there's something the connection with or something like that. It's supposed to like swipe. I can't remember if it was Bill Pullman's character or something, maybe swipe at him and tear a chunk out of his shoulder. And I sculpted a prosthetic for that. Yeah. And I also did a, uh, uh, a Jaguar paw, basically a glove that would fit over your arm. And uh, I did a, pretty much the almost the whole thing on it um uh you know putting it all together and shipped it off um to a location and uh by the time it got there it had already been written out of the script <laughs> so <laughs> it was a constantly in flux production from what i understand and and it's one of those cases where because i guess the dreamlike nature of the subject matter worked really well. I remember reading the book that the the movie was based on and being pretty fascinated yeah. by it. And oh, yeah. yeah, being pretty proud of, of being involved in it because uh, that was, I mean, it was, it was one of those really lucky break things that I ended up working on that show to begin with anyways. Um, and uh, I mean, I ended up being one of the few guys getting credit on it, which which was nice. I mean, there was a few other guys in the shop who were pretty well known that that came came and went, you know, just there for a few days here at a, there at a time, and and they uh, they never got credit on the show. So oh. so it was a, it was a very nice experience. And Lance Anderson, just what can I say about him? He's just the most wonderful guy and uh, <laughs> ever worked with. So was, did you work on that before or after Shocker? That was before Shocker because Shocker came up. After I had been over at Beekler's and then onto the Blob and and uh, I think yeah after the Blob I went back to Lance's on License to Kill and um, and then that segued into Shocker. Uh, okay, so that what well, hey a minute so hey a minute so what's, I can't I'm not good with years especially since you're getting late here. <laughs> I can just like, I'll just I'll just lay out I'll just do what I'll do is I'll just lay out the uh, like. It'll be like a, a roller coaster of I worked on this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, around the same time, because again, this is a problem as well. You work on something and it might not be released for a year or eighteen months, so it is hard to keep track of the actual release year. But you did, um, you did some work on Pet Cemetery, right? Yes, yes, that was. Tell, again, tell me, you did like Fred Gwynn's ankle or something? <laughs> God, you know, I wish I had because I went. I was over there at the beginning and then I ended up something else came up and I went on to that uh, mm -hmm. before the show was finished over at Lance's. So I was over at sort of at the beginning of, I, I, I will tell you this. I, I did, I did apply Vaseline to Denise Crosby's legs. 
So, <laughs> so for 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 her Lucky body cast. So <laughs> she was really cool. She was like she was like so cool. It was like a really great great time hanging out with her and talking. And she just <laughs> she she appreciated the attention. But I here I was. I mean, I was like a kid, you know, at the time. And it's like, what do I know? I'm just doing my job, lady. Um, but it was, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun, but I remember one. I mean, one of the cool things I got to build was work on that dead cat. They find frozen to the ground. Yeah, like yeah. I built a, I built a skeleton, like a, a, basically essentially a cat skeleton out of like dowel rods and carved wood and, and, and put it all together. Um, and then sort of started covering it and stuff. And then Lance's wife finished up the, the rest of it. And I remember being very suitably impressed seeing it getting like, you know, I think they spray glued it to the ground or something maybe, or maybe they frosted it the ground and pulled it up. <laughs> it was actually pretty cool. So, Well, um, I'm going to mention a couple of things before we kind of wrap up the hour, Jeff, but um, mm -hmm. you were, you worked on one of the best episodes of the eighties version of the twilight zone. Oh, sure. Yeah, that was, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. grandma grandma yeah i was yeah. uh you know that was such an amazing experience because again that came down to i got called um I, well the, the the first thing happens a friend of mine calls me uh, my old roommate dirk von besser and he calls me and and says hey james cummins just hired me back for this twilight zone episode and, and Dirk had previously worked with James on house oh, when they were when they had their shop open for that and he was working in the lab over there and so he's all happy he's like wow you know I, you know James just hired me back for this and I was kind of like bummed <laughs> thanks <laughs> I was like I was dying <laughs> to get a job on something I was like thanks within a week though James calls me and says listen we we got to get this thing done and we're like behind schedule and and uh, can you come over and and start working? And I was just like, absolutely, because I guess Dirk had, had told him about me. But they were just they again, they were just blocks away from where I lived. I could practically walk there from where I was where I was. So it was sort of like one of those really easy things where I just went down and just started putting in as many hours as I could. Mm -hmm. And a week goes by, and and literally we. They had a suit built and, and took it to set. And and I honestly, I had no idea until just recently that it was Kane Hodder in that suit. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's actually listed on it's listed on IMDb. I mm -hmm. and and I was floored by that because I remember I remember picking up picking up the spandex suit that he was going to wear and. And, um, um, and, and I saw the body cast of him. I thought well, it's a really big guy already playing, you know, but, but with all this foam construction, I mean, it's an amazing suit. I can't believe how fast this got done though. Um, Larry O'Dean did the animatronics for the head and I swear he did everything in one night and this head had everything. I mean, brows, four way eye movement blinks puffy cheeks lip curls the jaw open and close i mean just it did everything and i just remember all everything 
going to him one night and the next day coming back finished. <laughs> it was amazing. I had no idea anybody could work that fast. <laughs> so and that, that kind of maybe should have been a forebearer of, of what life would be like for me. <laughs> <laughs> And you so, only see it's literally a flash of it in the actual episode, I recall. You know, it's, I, know. It's, I mean, I suppose it's more effective that way, but it's just bang, you see it and it's gone. Yeah, it was really disappointing because it did so much. I mean, it really, I guess it's one of those cases where really, you know, we could have done less, but, and, and <laughs> but they, I mean, I remember they were spending pretty good money for the week just, just to get this thing. I mean, it was a, you know, over over thirty grand for the week just to get this thing together, and and that's back in the eighties when the when the dollar was still pretty decent, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, um, I mean, it really was a, I mean, it really definitely uh, was an amazing suit, and I'm really surprised how little they showed it. I I, I might have a photo or two of it somewhere. Um, oh, but, cool. Finding it, that would be. Does that, that, does that mean you took? Task. Did you did you take a camera with you on set at times then, or, or at least in the shop? Set. Well, I never went on set on that, and I might have gotten a shot from. Yeah, I might have had a camera there because I do remember having having a shot. I think it's a shot of the of the maybe the understructure. I might actually even have a shot of the the head. James might have given it to me though. It might have been from him. Mm-hmm. Because um, mm-hmm. he was just throwing away a bunch of stuff at one time and called me up and said, hey, and my friends and I w- went over and grabbed everything, every prop from house that we could find. And <laughs> took them, you know, like, so we had all these props from that movie. But oh, wow. yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was a fun experience. You worked on um, Wizard Dream with Beekler again, right? Yeah, that was John's Do final you, show. That was his, have you any idea whether or not we'll ever get to see it? I really don't know myself, and I really hope one day. I do believe one of the producers or somebody has it and has cut together a promo reel, and I believe has been trying to shop around to try to get it done. But that mm-hmm. film is sort of really tied up a lot of a lot of problems with the um, with IATSE here in here in Los Angeles. Who uh, I mean, well, I can't go into too much into to details about it. But what I can say is, is it was a show that was started out as a fairly low budget movie that had a pretty decent budget look to it, and it ended up having to. I mean, they they ended up having to like pump in a lot more money into it to uh to keep it going to keep it from falling apart and it's Mm -hmm. it was a struggle every step of the way and a lot of people did a lot of really amazing and herculean efforts to continue getting the show done and i think that one day it would be nice to see it in some form as a tribute to john um oh yeah because you know, it really was a quintessential John Beekler movie. And uh, what was re- what was really cool was, I mean, we had a great cast in it. And my fiance had decided to come to move out here at the time. And literally, like the first or second day she's out here, 
we're on set meeting Malcolm McDowell, someone she's just always been in awe of. And we ended up spending a week with him and he turned out just to be the nicest, just the most genuine person you really could meet and just no ego at all, really giving. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was, it was really amazing. And I, I ended up, I got a friend of mine, Bonnie Aaron's, a job on the film and she poor, poor thing. She suffered it for the team and, and wore a pound or maybe a, more like a, a ton of, of makeup, uh, on the film in a character <laughs> that you'll, you'll never recognize her. And, uh, she, she was more recognizable, uh, playing the nun in those, mm. uh, those, uh, conjuring, you know, uh, spinoff films. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like, you know, but, I hope so because, uh, I mean, as a legacy to John, it, it definitely should be seen, and, and it it has that real uh, uh, spirit of troll. That's what he was going for. Wow. Yeah, to really uh, to have cool. that sort of yeah. So that's what I wanted it to be like. Yeah. you know, but I don't think they even released a trailer. It, it, it there was some behind the scenes stuff, and I think there was a little a short video on YouTube or something of them, sh- you know. Um, John shooting some stuff, but there was just, yeah. it just disappeared, you know, and it's, it's, it's just such a shame. I really hope it does a uh, make well, its way th- out there. I don't yeah. know if it's on the phrase. I don't know if the Facebook page is up now or still, but I think, I mean, I, I do think somebody posted and I think it was a little, I don't even remember if it was, I think it was just a trailer of scenes from the film that they, mm-hmm. that they had. Cause it, we got all the way up to, to uh, the post-production phase. We, we, we had just finished, all the live action and the only shoot that still had to happen was uh, some green screen miniatures of this, this dragon, this, a rod puppet dragon that we built to match a full scale um, version that we built also for it. It was really cool looking. This is a very drag. I mean, very dinosaur looking um, Mm -hmm. dragon, very sort of uh, uh, maybe sort of Allosaurus looking uh dragon creature which was which was a nice take on it and and um the post-production you know effects and the uh, the mixing and the sound and and everything and and uh it just all fell apart they just and they just couldn't raise any more money for it so um john had big hopes to continue on create a production company that would pump out a number of uh of features and unfortunately it just never happened. That's that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. I hate to be so I hate to be so melancholy about it, but the truth is, is it's like I can't help but feel melancholy because it was such a great experience and yeah. it was really tough. I mean, I I mean I, I'm you know I think about everything, but I mean the crew on it was just really so good. A lot of really young people who. I mean, just, they just like knocked it out of the park. It was like a, a lot of really, um, a lot of good energy. And, and we, we faced some pretty daunting odds on it. And, and, but we made it through. I mean, we made it through the shoot and, and, uh, you know, surprisingly, nobody, nobody wanted to kill each other at the end. So. <laughs> 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 That's good. Yeah, I'm sure. Was, I'm sure if it, it it gets released at some point, I'm sure that will you that will translate to the screen. You know. 
I hope efforts. so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, we it was. Uh, I I would just like to see. Uh, I just see Malcolm McDowell in that in that uh, that shocking the, that uh, wig. silver wig. white wig. Yeah, <laughs> which is actually the honesty, and that was a custom wig too. That was not a store bought wig. That was <laughs> we had a guy on the makeup crew who ended up working with us, who's now like the guy is like doing killer business in 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 New Orleans where he's originally from. And that guy, uh, oh Curtis, um, I can't remember his last name, but he just the guy knocked it out of the park. Anything, any help that I needed, he was always there. But he hand tied these wigs, and I'd be honest with you, I'm like, that's pretty impressive, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it was, you know. But then again, I mean, Malcolm's hair was pretty short at the time, and I don't know if that would have worked well. <laughs> I don't know if that would have worked mm-hmm. well for his character. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's fair enough. Yeah. And it's always more shocking to see. I mean, oh, that's 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 Malcolm McDowell's hair color. But when you see it so full and and, and long, it is a bit shocking. Oh yeah, it's like. But and he, I, you know, so I think I think he I think he was pretty happy wearing it. He looked pretty regal and cool. <laughs> like I said, he really was. I mean, it was such a cool experience. I mean, never before did I. Well, I mean, actually, I'd already done a few projects with him. I'd never met him, but. But and I heard some stories about him, but it ended up being like working with William Shatner, just being a great experience with somebody who really honestly cared and 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 you didn't and honestly didn't even mind if you put your two cents worth and they they were so confident that they were that they had no problem with you like actually interjecting with something and adding an idea. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really, you know, that's rare in the business and, and really gratifying to work with. That's cool. No. Well, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul, have you got any anything else that you wanted to ask Jeff? Um, I've, uh, yeah, just, just, one, so just one real quick question, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, oh, sure. So you've obviously worked you've worked on a lot of different like little rubber monster style movies, you know, Blood Dolls, Pop Master vs. Demonic Toys, Ginger Dead Man, et cetera, et cetera, Ghoulies, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which which do you think had the best well which was your best experience on set which do you think had the best sort of designed oh features? gosh you know something i would i I'd toss it up actually between retro puppet master and blood dolls then yeah because those really uh, blood i mean they, they both were really good experiences i mean mm-hmm. i a distant, 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 well, fifth or sixth would be Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys, but <laughs> talk, about, talk about that so much. But it was like, I had a good time. To be honest, that was a really tough one. And, and I, and I mean, I, I'm going to point out to everybody who might listen and who's ever like glambasted that film. It's like we had literally five months from the point we started pre-production to the point it or like delivered to sci-fi channel five months for that entire film and surprisingly it was in in as finished a form as it was um you know so you know ted nicolau every single day would walk up to me and say what the hell am i doing here man (laughs) and i just say like i don't know know what i'm doing here ted it's like (laughs) brilliant (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Jeff. I yeah. really appreciate you're busy and you fit us uh, in today. But um, I'm glad you did because it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. sure. Thanks. Thanks to the both of you, and and uh, I will 
I'll be in touch with you guys again soon, and we'll talk, all right? Oh, yeah, sure, buddy. Take care. Thank you. All right, you take care.